Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'm joined by Marty Agather. Hello, Marty. Howdy, gang. <laughs> so you just came back from Canada. Tell me about that. Yeah, Canada. It's north of us. It's a large country. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Actually, it wasn't too bad when I got up there. It was, uh, it was beautiful. It was probably, uh, as we would say down here, you know, in the mid-40s, they would call that about... 12 or 15 or something because they're on the centigrade system but uh yeah i was up i was up in uh in uh toronto ontario for um insurance dash canada's uh broker forum and so i had a chance to uh meet with a bunch of our canadian insurance friends and it was a well-attended event and i was highly highly impressed yeah so you were actually in Toronto, which is in this weird because that's Toronto's only about four and a half hours, well, probably five hours from where I live, and it's really not that much further north. And we're in this weird, like, like anti-polar vortex that that for some reason we've this has been like 50, 60 degrees all winter, which is which is crazy. So um, not to talk about weather, but um, yeah, it's actually back. Ontario south of me, man. Yeah, well. I, I went down there to get a heat wave. I, I said, so uh, we got somebody live on Periscope who's from Nova Scotia. So <laughs> I decided to join the the one insurance marketing company in the world, which is actually further north than where I live. I don't know why. I, I You know what I mean? Like every company that exists in our space who's in the market is, is literally south of me, f- physically south. And I decided to join the one company that was yep. uh, that Yeah, was but north. you could have gone to Cleveland. Yeah. Well, hey. So, uh, so that you said something to me when uh, when you got back. I said, "How's your trip?" And you said, "Man, these these Canadian guys are on it." You're like, "That was literally what you said." You go, "These guys are on it." So, talk to me about what "on it" means, because you know we have most of our audience is uh, obviously from the United States, but we do have some Canadian listeners. Um, but you know, I think more it's cool. I've been up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More since you've been up there, and. I think it's cool that that you kind of got this fresh perspective on on what's going on. Because um, for those that that don't know uh, how Canada's system is a little different, but obviously it's a different association, um, a different system in terms of it's not the same people. There is some crossover. We do have some some people uh, like Sheldon who come down and uh, and then participate in what we do. And uh, I'm just excited to hear like what are some of the insights? What do they got going on up there? Yeah. So f- from my perspective. Um, their their environment is much like ours. They've got uh, multi-channel distribution, right? So um, they've got directs. They've they they've got some captive companies, but not or uh, they have captives. They they have a few direct companies. The big ones that we know here in the states aren't really up there, um, just because of the regulatory issues. Uh, all of the companies are, you know, it, the discussion in the company forum was the same as it would be down here. You know, carriers trying to figure out how do they deliver product um, out to consumers whose needs and uh, demands are changing. And what does that mean for legacy systems and how do they get that all um, all tidied up? You know, the, the big conversation point was around what they call omni-channel. So how do we make sure that a consumer who may touch uh, touch their policies and 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 uh, 
and all of the ancillary uh, stuff that goes along with that via multiple methods. Maybe today it's through their independent agent. Next time it's direct on the web. How do they make sure that all the channels know what's going on in the various spots? So that's a huge, that's a huge issue. Um, but what really surprised me was the level of um, involvement with the various brokers. And of course, you know, I, we were the, 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 the movers and the shakers were at this at this meeting, right? So it it would I'm sure that like anything that the, the general population is further behind. But I was really impressed with the uh, outside the box thinking that these brokers were doing in in trying to figure out how to use the new environment to attract new policyholders. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've always um, I've always said about the the conferences that you get a very skewed view of of any group, uh, uh, you know, regardless of what industry, uh, when you go to the conferences, because people who, the people who go to conferences, you know, maybe they're struggling with certain aspects of their business, or maybe they're just beginning, but they're obviously engaged in doing better, right? Like you wouldn't spend the money, you wouldn't take the time out of your life uh, to go and interact and network if you weren't serious about, about doing business uh, uh, better, about getting better, about improving, growing, all these things. So what you get when you're at the conferences, in my opinion, is very much a, a view skewed towards uh, the best of the best, like just like you said, the cream of the crop. So, um, you know, were there any conversations, because we talk all the time, right? The general membership in uh, the general uh, uh, f- boots on the ground, independent insurance agent in the United States is um, not digitally savvy in, in almost any regard. Uh, so did did you get any sense for this was just the cream or did you get a sense that maybe in general, if you were to take a broad sweeping stroke, um, uh, our Canadian brothers and sisters were a little more on the uh, the tech side? No, I, I think probably it would be, you know, the, the uh, demographics would probably match. You know, I think most... Uh, there, the the Ontario Brokers Association indicated uh, that one of their leaders indicated that sixty five percent of their membership was was ten employee shops or smaller. So that matches pretty close to uh, Big Eye statistics. So um, I would say most most brokers up there are probably just like ours, heads down writing policies. So you know when you, when you walk away from that event. Um, you know, what was your big takeaway from from what you from your time up there? Sure. So, so, so number one, there are there are a number of brokers who are doing exactly what what you and I have talked about for for forever, and that is getting themselves online, using the digital space to tell their brokerage's story. Right, doing the hard work of attracting customers via the new mediums. But there were a couple of um, brokers that were way out there by beyond um, what we normally would think of. You know, um, one one won a prize for the best automation. They developed some software that they delivered to um, to two of their clients. They they have two big taxi organizations, and they gave them some software that allowed the taxi organization to actually manage their policies, the certificates, getting driver records, all that kind of stuff on their own via their system. So that was pretty cool. But there were two two agencies that went way beyond what I would tell you I've heard U.S. companies doing. One came up with this really cool policy for um, 
owners, enthusiast owners of, you know, kind of sports cars that go to the racetrack to have what they call track day. And he went to Europe or he went to Lloyd's of London to actually secure the coverage. So, so not only did he create an online purchase mechanism, but he actually went to, in, to go grab the coverage in London to bring that over, number one. Number two, another very bright, bright cat from uh, Western Canada is doing a thing where he's got the um, in-truck monitoring, right? The Internet of Things, the, the broadcasting in-truck, and he's capturing all that data and using that to negotiate with his carriers to get that trucking company better rates. Yeah, you said this to me, and I, and I thought this was... Uh, to me, this is this was one of the more uh, more interesting pieces that you pulled out of there was this idea that uh, an insurance agent was actually taking one was savvy enough to actually mine their own data. I mean, we could go on about that in and of itself, but to then take that data and say, look, you know, I can actually do a better job uh, actuarially than you might be able to because I'm so dialed into this market. I've spent so much time in it. I understand it. Um, and, and have captured the data that I can actually help you uh, better understand and better price these risks. I mean, to me, that's uh, and, and this just speaks to the idea of, of niching down or uh, as my wife is trying to get me to say more often, niching down. Niche, niche. And, uh, and, and, and really focusing on that thing and becoming so good at that one thing that, that that's how you stand out. I mean, that's, that's an, to me, even if you weren't getting better pricing, just having that type and that level of knowledge uh, completely separates you from the rest of the market. Yeah, so um, I, I would just give that, uh, that forum a, a huge shout out. I thought it was a great opportunity. Thanks uh, for inviting me up there and uh, hello to all my new Canadian friends. So last week, um, you taking a trip to Canada wasn't the only wasn't the only fun thing that happened. We, oh, there was more than one fun thing, but yeah. we had a monster led by our own Ryan, a monster uh, uh, webinar with, uh, what, 600 attendees, I think, the, listening to your uh, dulcet tones. Yeah, dude, I, I could not have been um, more, I couldn't have been happier with, with how this went. Uh, for those who are listening that weren't aware, and I don't know how you couldn't have been, uh, last week, well, Last week from recording this, so actually it was March 2nd, Wednesday, March 2nd, uh, we held our very first kind of live summit. I called it a live event. Probably calling it a summit would have been a, a better way to, to uh, explain exactly what this was. Um, we had seven speakers. Significant heavy hitters. Yeah, heavy yeah hitters. Some, some really nice, some really nice speakers, some, some people who were really uh, both part of this whole Google Compare just I, I'll just call it uh, a project in general. The the project of Google Compare integrating with the IA system. Um, we had uh, seven people who were part of the process from all different spans of the industry. So from you know the president of Safeco Insurance all the way down to um, and I don't want to say down. I just mean ranging the spectrum to uh, Mike McBride, the chairman of the Trusted Choice Board, uh, an agent who you know was was part of these discussions as well so uh we had some some really great things uh craig welsh kicked off the panel uh from westfield insurance uh we had karen balo from progressive insurance andrew rose the ceo of compare.com uh laird ricksford the ceo of itc bob rustbolt and then matt nickerson the, the president of safeco insurance so great lineup really great timely topic and we had 1100 
and 96 people register for this event. Just, I mean, you know, for the people watching in Periscope while I'm doing this, it's just like, this is, you know, this is like the the Jet.com purple smoke coming out of my head. I mean, it's just amazing to get 1,100 people. We started marketing this on Thursday of the week before. So Thursday, the 26th of February, we started marketing it. So in less than a week, in really six days, we got almost 1,200 people to register for this event. So absolutely fantastic. I'm actually going to do a live Periscope, which I'll let everyone know. Um, I'm going to do a live show about how we did that, what the process was um, for doing that. Uh, so if, you, if you're connected with me on Periscope, I'm doing a lot of stuff there now where we're talking about what we do every day at Agency Nation and TrustedChoice.com to attract new consumers and, and talk about stuff. Um, it's a really nice and simple venue uh, to exchange ideas. Um, but I'm calling you out, man. I'm calling you out. I think you neglected to say that one of uh, the guests on the event was actually our CEO. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't need his head to get any bigger than it already is. You know, no, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't neglect to say that. So uh, Chip Basioka, our CEO, was there as well, and uh, and he actually kicked the event off because Chip, probably more than anybody on the call, he he may have had the most interactions with uh, with Google Compare. He met with um, Nick Wang Kong. Uh, they're uh, the CEO of Google Compare uh, Auto Insurance. Jeez, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, he, he met with him, um, somewhere between a half dozen and a dozen times, uh, talking about whether or not this was a good fit for our industry. So uh, Chip actually kicked the call off. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and, and finished it with some thoughts, and we had some great guests in the middle. So uh, 600 and the, the biggest number I saw was 603 people. So I saw 603 people at one time live on the call. A couple of little technical snafus at the very beginning because you can't do a live summit without a few of those. Um, but ultimately, uh, just, just a phenomenal event. And uh, for anyone who wants to catch the replay of this, I actually want to talk about a few things, a few comments that people actually brought up. But... Um, uh, and get your take on the Marty because you weren't there. So uh, I think it'd be cool to get your take. But for anybody who's interested in the replay, if you go to Agency Nation, um, the full replay is now available on Agency Nation. And uh, over the course of the next week or so, I'm going to be rolling out the individual videos for each speaker. So each speaker will have an op- uh, has a you know their little nine. I think they range between nine and twelve minutes uh, a piece. Um, they'll have their video will be out in its own post as well. So so you don't have to watch the whole, you know, if you want to catch Matt Nickerson only, he was actually the sixth speaker. You don't have to, you know, fast forward through the whole video. Um, you can just pull out his and watch his individually. Uh, so uh, that's all on Agency Nation right now. But uh, I want to bring up something Matt said, actually, Marty, and I want to get your um, your take on this. Matt had by far one of the most quotable moments in the whole summit. Uh, he was the sixth speaker and, and, and just another quick aside, uh, I want to give all the speakers props because they easily could have just parroted each other, right? Far too, you know, far too often in these things, you just get ditto or, or like Craig said or like Laird said, you know, and they just kind of like just step a little bit on top of each other, you know, just one after the next. And you, and you basically get just the same thing repackaged for whatever that company's talking points are. These speakers did not do that. They were phenomenal. Everybody bought their own take. Uh, and you know, I, I said to Chip afterwards, I said, Chip, you know, I, they really brought it. They all really brought it. And I, I couldn't have been uh, happier with that. So I would just, I would add, I would add, I think one of the reasons for that is, um, 
they all came from a completely different take yeah. on the deal, right? So you had Progressive that hadn't participated. You had uh, Safeco that was. You had the tech, not couple of the technology providers. So yeah. you had a bunch of different looks at the same thing. Yeah, and the other thing too, and this is more technical when you're having one of these summits, we did not ask them the same question. So this goes for panels in general. And for anyone who's listening to this, who does event planning, whether it's for the association or just events in general, uh, panels are terrible. In general, panels are one of your worst, one of your absolute worst pieces of content that you'll provide to your audience. Um, they're most of the time they're awful because what you do is you go, "Hi, Tom, what do you think about this?" And then Tom answers, and then you go, "Steve, okay, what are your thoughts on this?" And we absolutely did not do that. Every single speaker got their own set of three to four questions that were different. And I think that really added to the value as well. Um, and we did that on purpose. That was very uh, intentional. We did not want everyone to just be able to parrot each other. And by asking them different questions and having them look at different things, you know, like uh, Karen Balo from Progressive, we didn't even really ask her about Google Compare. We focused more on uh, what Progressive was doing and what her thoughts were around the ideas of customer experience. So she didn't even really talk about Google Compare. She talked about customer experience in general and how uh, we as agents and as an industry can help improve customer experience. So I think that was another piece that really helped. Marty, so I want to talk about uh, what Matt Nickerson said. So Matt Correct. Nickerson, in his presentation, he's the sixth speaker. We're rocking and rolling. We got, we got a really good energy going. And, uh, and he had some, some phenomenal thoughts. And one of the things that he said was, now is the time. Speaking to uh, kind of Google Compare closing, but not, not just Google Compare in particular, but just this point in time, this, where we are in the evolution of the independent agent and technology and the internet and the consumer. He said, now is the time for independent agents to lean in and to take advantage of the tools at their disposal. And now I'm paraphrasing a little bit and, and start to take this digital customer experience seriously. What do you think about that? Like, what does that mean to you if you had heard it? Uh, you know, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And, and really, how does an agent lean in? Like, what does that mean? How do you, how do you lean in? What, what, what would, how would you advise uh, agents to do that? Sure. Number one, I, I'm not, I don't believe that that opinion is, is that far off you know, sort of my take on the industry as a whole, right? It's time for us to to really take charge of our futures. Um, as we've said over and over, the, the customer um, the customer has changed, their buying experience, their, their journey is changing, um, what they're looking for from us is changing. So uh, we need, we, we, either have, we either have to completely reinvent ourselves and the way we deliver products and services to our customers or, or we're, we are going to become irrelevant. I think that what that means for the traditional agent slash broker is almost incomprehensible, unfortunately. I think that, you know, you and I have talked about this before, and we talk about the need for, for there to be a much a, a greater focus on marketing, on, you know, hiring, and, and more important than just hiring, but also giving authority to millennials and, and the younger generation so they can bring new creative ideas into your agency. Um, it, is, it is truly unfortunate, but I believe 
that leaning in is something that a small portion and, and small could be, you know, 35%. It could also be 15% of um, the, the, the typical independent channel today, because I think most of those agencies, number one, they're not, they're not paying enough attention to even have heard lean in. Number two, they don't have the wherewithal. Number three, they don't really have the motivation. They're perfectly happy where they are. And so I, so it's, it's, it's sort of preaching to the choir. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it, the hard part about this is that the people who are listening to this podcast are probably doing this already to a certain extent, right? Yes. It's, but I, I, you know, I come back to it. We, when I, when I die, when I pull all the way back and I think about, you know, if I had to dial into what I believe the one thing keeping agents from that, from the, that will define the agents who kind of, survive this transition period and and look this transition is coming whether we whether it has anything to do with technology or not what is it 55 percent of our industry is within five years of the of the retirement age right so we're old this industry is just old and it's gonna roll over whether we you know whether whether it has anything to do with marketing or sales or anything it's good this is going to happen the people that are here today that are making this are going to be gone soon now, some of them are going to milk their agencies dry, right? They're going to just bleed the agency as long as they live. It's going to be an annuity. They'll peel off a couple small pieces that someone else will run it, and the thing will eventually wither until they're gone, and maybe there's something left. If not, they'll just sell it, right, whoever's with, left over. With, with, without, without betraying any confidences, I was at a conference recently, and one of our mutual friends said to me, um, Marty, you know, my dad no longer comes to the agency, but he still thinks he should take home a full paycheck. Yeah. How how does my agency deal with the fact that I have this monstrous cost with zero added value yeah. to the equation? That's the hard part. And and look, uh, you know, and agents will, you know, probably get a little upset, but also nod their head to this. The agency principal mentality is I built this thing. Screw off. You know what I mean? I can do whatever I want. It's mine. This yeah. is my retirement. And that's the problem is that is that the insurance, the classic independent agency is the, was the original lifestyle business. These things were built to be annuities that would then allow the agency principals to coast into the future, which is amazing if you are an agency principal who started your agency in the 70s or early 80s. It's amazing. You have that right. But in terms of it actually being a viable business or anyone perpetuating or growing it into the future, the agency principles are incredible liabilities. Now, not all of them. Hey. Some of them still show up and crush it and, and do what they do, right? That's perfectly fine. That Maybe they're not there as often, but there's still huge parts of it. But there are a ton of agency principles who go there to get away from their spouses and, and it's like a staging point before their next round of golf and, and they just cash the checks and that is, that's crushing all of the people it's, it's who coming behind them. Incredible drag on the system, right? And so, uh, Ryan, it's my ball, it's my bat, and if you don't call that a fair a fair ball, I'm going home. Yeah, that's exactly the way it is. And and look, I'm not knocking that methodology. I'm not knocking that mindset because I get it. These people can I knock it? No, I I, I don't think we can because here's why I don't because they. It's their business, right? 
this is this is the common thing. Like we talk about this all the time in our business, and I fight this all the time. There is this philosophy, which you know, and this is kind of the kind of associationish philosophy that somehow we all have to be in it for the greater good. And I do think, and I my wish is that we considered the industry. But if you're a business owner and you've built this thing, right? Why do you, you don't have to consider the greater good. There's no, there's, at that point in your life, when you're in your mid fifties or older and you're looking at the end, you're not there, but you're looking at it a lot more than you were back in your twenties and thirties. What does working for the greater good do for you? This is the problem is that, is that they have an annuity. They have, they have renewals. If, if they just, if they just keep most of their business every year until the day they die, they live an incredible life, never having wanted for another thing, right? Why do they have to perpetuate? I get that. I don't knock the lifestyle. We just have to find ways of, of allowing them to have that while keeping the industry going. Because if too many people live that lifestyle, the industry is going to get crushed. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So now that we have... Uh... No, uh, no subscribers over the age of about 42. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone hates me now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I don't, geez, we had a bunch of stuff lined up here, but we're running out of time. I have like five minutes. Do we, do we want to kick off, uh, our new topic, uh, which is going to be sort of an ongoing topic from, uh, for the next few weeks, which is things in the industry that, that, uh, people want but that they aren't willing to pay for or should we hold that till next time i think we should wait till next time on that i you know i think uh i think we did a good job um hit, hitting a pretty couple pretty good topics uh i want to make a couple people where we I always like to dip some marketing stuff in there uh, a couple things you know we've talked a lot about you know snapchat and some of these other things and uh and i and i've gotten some emails and questions and this is what i want i, I would just like to quickly before we're out of time here i just want to say this uh, it is my job, it's my job, li literally my job is to push the envelope on marketing, right? I have to know what Snapchat is, I have to know what Periscope is, I have to use these tools because I, it's, it's, it's my job at Agency Nation at TrustedChoice.com to figure out if any of these have any value to agencies. In no way does my using them or my advice or guidance around them mean that anyone has to use them. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying this because anyone yelled at me. I'm saying this because I want you to understand, take every piece of advice that I give you in context. Right. There are some things like having a website that's mobile responsive, that's clean, that's sales driven, having an email list and having an email service provider like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign. These are things you have to have. Pushing out into some of these more edgy uh, like things like Snapchat using Facebook Messenger. Build these in as you become pr proficient at the principles, right? Or, or at the at the at the at the principal the concepts, at yeah. the basics. Yeah. So as you become good at the basics, build out into these other areas. But do not move into Snapchat and and not have an email list. Like if you are on Snapchat and you don't have an email service provider outside of your Outlook account, stop using Snapchat today. And go get the free version of MailChimp and put all your clients into them and start sending emails to them about your business, right? Like, again, that's what I mean, we're way high level there. But um, the, the idea is that is that I talk about these things because it's our job, Marty, my, we have to figure these things out and let you guys know about them, right? This is what we do for a living. But always, always own the basics first before you move out into the peripherals. There is... Uh... 
there's a, a guy that's really big in the in the local search community uh, named Blumenthal. You know what I'm talking about? Mike Blumenthal, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got a graphic that goes right to the heart of your discussion, right? Now, it's not so so much about, uh, I don't know if he's got email list on there, but but it's the whole thing of don't don't get to the outer rings of this graph without having done the inner stuff. Yeah. You know, simple stuff like making sure that your name, address, phone number is the same everywhere online, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Quick, uh, so uh, we're going to log off here in just 30 seconds. Uh, quick recommendation for anyone who, who really cares, anyone who really wants to be good at this stuff, pick up the book Content Chemistry by Andy Crestadina. Content Chemistry by Andy Crestadina and get the physical version. Don't get the ebook. The physical version is worth it. Um, this is literally a textbook on doing content marketing the right way. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal book. It's very tactical, uh, but but not like over your head, right? So it's not in ones and zeros. This is it's it's layman's language and textbook style format. So you're not going to get the theory and all that kind of stuff. You're going to get how do you do these things tactically. It's very very good. Um, and it is well worth having in any agency that's going to uh, that's going to be implementing content marketing as part of how they grow their business. So uh, with that, Marty, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have other things to do. I want to be respectful of the people listening. Thank you as always. Thanks to everyone who showed up live on Periscope. Uh, and if you want to watch these live, go to periscope.tv forward slash ryanhanley underscore com or just search Ryan Hanley on Periscope and you can watch live. I do all these uh all these podcast versions uh, or all these podcast episodes, we are um, uh, have a live version going as well so people can watch in during their day. So, Marty, with that, we're going to get out, buddy. Out.